Before you start listening to this podcast, I must mention our latest sponsor, Heroes and Heretics. Heroes and Heretics are our favourite suppliers of hand-picked, independently bottled spirits. Without a doubt, their incredible selection of whiskey, rum and American single cask offerings are at once affordable and luxurious. Their products are all limited editions, but delivered within an inflation-busting, cost-effective package that represents eye-watering value. Catering for the connoisseur and the normie alike, Heroes and Heretics' beautiful selection of single malts, single cask rums and imported American whiskey and bourbons will literally blow your mind. Join their collective, an online whiskey club, where you will receive hefty discounts, pre-release bottles and sublime samples. Collective subscribers even have the opportunity to vote for a very special quarterly cask to be bottled especially for the members. Signing up to Heroes and Heretics Collective is completely free, so treat yourself. Use the special London Calling code LONDONCALLING15 to receive 15% off your first purchase and take advantage of many future benefits. To sign up, go to the following web address, hahcws.com forward slash join hyphen the hyphen collective forward slash. I'll give you that one more time. It's hahcws.com forward slash join hyphen the hyphen collective forward slash. If you've had difficulty writing down that web address, don't worry. It will be at the foot of the London Calling page on Ricochet. This is London Calling. London Calling. When we began our COP presidency, just one third of the global economy was signed up to net zero. Today, it is 90%. And for our part, the UK, which was the first major economy in the world to legislate for net zero, will fulfill our ambitious commitment to reduce emissions by at least 68% by 2030. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, guess where I'm calling from this week? Uh, presumably not in depressing, rainy Warwickshire. Um, no, well, uh, is it raining? Oh, I'm so sorry. It, it's been sunny all day where I am. <laughs> I'm in. James, you go on holiday every other week. Yeah, but you know why? Do you know why I have to? Because each time could be the last time we're ever allowed to travel before this world war that um, the American deep state are trying to engineer starts, probably with a dirty bomb, which they'll blame on Putin. Your bucket list is bottomless. I mean, for for a man who claims to be depressed and black-pilled and in despair about the... His, about about the state of the world you seem to be off on some fantastic kind of uh, weekend break have every you, other weekend have you ever heard of a, a, a neville shoot novel called on the beach it's a it's, it's a oh, is, that, is that the one about about nuclear war yeah so so nuclear they're, they're all about to be destroyed and they respond by carrying on with their normal lives because they can't they can't sort of compute that, that that it's really going to happen or they, they don't know what else to do whereas i'm thinking look just make hay what carpe diem make hay while, while the sun shines 
because you just don't know when they're going to close the doors and stop us stop us traveling because I, I, I did i mention where i was i'm i'm in venice and mm. it's great you lucky um, boy ha, ha, you, so you, i went to i went to venice at the height of the um well it was during a short break between two lockdowns so it was in july 2020 and it was incredible because it was almost completely deserted i remember i took a picture of my son and i or my got my wife to take a picture of my son and i standing in st mark's square and it, admittedly it had just rained but even so we were the only people literally the only two people apart from my wife in st mark's square it's amazing it's a picture of us standing there in a completely deserted st mark's square i imagine it's a bit busier now than it was then. Uh, it, i think it's the perfect time of year to go because uh, it's sunny, but it's not so hot. Because, I mean, as you know, you do an awful lot of walking in Venice. Um, and you don't really want it to be too hot. By the way, the sodding mosquitoes are still here. Somebody said, oh, no, you're not going to get mosquitoes in, in November. You bloody do. They're everywhere. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Annoying. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's Venice's fault for being on a, built on a swamp, isn't it? But, yeah. What, so when you were there... Um, did they not have the stupid mask regulations and green cards and, and you know, vaccine? No, I suppose this was before the, the death jab, wasn't it? So no, have- yeah, it was, yeah. So so it, when you entered some public spaces, um, I remember going to a gallery and having to be masked in the gallery. But generally, no, masks weren't insisted upon in restaurants and there was no, you didn't have to show, you know, a vac- any vaccination status certificate, nothing like that. Because I, I I went to the the Frari this afternoon, you know, the, the place with that absurd um, shrine to uh, or tomb to Canova, with the, the the enormous kind of triangle thing. And that did you go and visit the Frari? I don't think I did. It's it's this ginormous church with it, it's got these sort of monumental tombs in it. There's another there's another there's another really politically incorrect one next door to it with these huge black black muscular black figures holding up this holding up this doge um <laughs> moralizing a doge uh yeah anyway I, I i looked at the you know i was reading up up about it beforehand and it said yes and we and and you must uh, fulfill the green green zone requirements and that that was a legacy of you know when you had to have when you had to have had the death jab to go anywhere and I mean, the, all, all the restrictions have, have, have now been let up, so 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 they hadn't updated their website. But I was thinking, right. it, how how easily we forget that that Venice, as recently as the beginning of this year, was like a kind of prison or or or, or somewhere subject to all these outrageous restrictions on on freedom of movement and 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 sort of. Um, segregation, you know, treating treating the un, unvaccinated like pariahs. You know, you couldn't go into any of the any of the see see any of the sites and so on. And this is this is the problem that 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 we're all. I think we're we're all living currently in the eye of the storm. That we've got this deceptive sense that things are back to normal because we it seems that we can get on airplanes and go to nice places, and it seems we can go to the pub and stuff. I just think that that we are living on borrowed time and that, that more restrictions are going to come down any moment i mean particularly now in in the uk for example they've engineered like they've they've, they've got the the world economic forums man rishi sunak into into the number 10 and they've got the outrageously disgusting jeremy hunt as the you know these are all 
creatures of the global elites. They they have nothing in common with with the British people. They they do. We have no sense of of, of democracy in our country, and it's the, it's the same around the world. I mean, the, Brian, our producer, was desperate for, for us to hold over the show until the the midterm results. And I'm thinking, dream on. Anyone who any American who thinks that that, that okay, so. I would I would suspect unless the Dominion voting machines crank into gear that the Republicans are going to going to you know maybe uh, win both houses. But anyone who thinks that that the system still works and that's going to that's going to change things is living in unicorn land. Anyway, back to Venice because I, I don't I don't want to um, miss out on on talking talking about Venice. I. I was really down on Venice. I, I didn't want to come here at all. The, the, I only came because the wife had never been here and, uh, and I felt that after 25 years of, uh, or so of marriage that, that perhaps, you know, I finally owed it to her. And the reason was, I came here on a school trip in like um, 1984, I think it was, and I had a really bad impression of the place. I just thought it was a bit of a dump because it rained all the time. And also, all I was interested in doing was drinking Grandi Beera and, and, and getting laid, you know, trying to find parties of, of, of schoolgirls on their school trips while I was on my school trip. And, and um, I didn't really get the right impression of the city. But actually, it's so much better when you've got a bit more money to spend in restaurants where, you know, you're not trying to find the cheapest place to buy a calzone. And when you can do stuff like travel on one of those um, those water, those those taxes. Do you, did, did you take one of the the, the speedboat taxes? I did. I took the I took I took a taxi from the airport yes. to our hotel. We were staying at the Gritty Palace. It was oh a, wow a, com- a, a complicated deal, but um, suffice to say, we weren't paying market rates. Did you and, write them up? Um, was it was it was it? Was I it, did. I did write about them. Yeah. And 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 is it, I mean, what's it like? Is it, is it oppressively grand, or is it is it just enjoyably grand? Well, it's actually quite, it was enjoyably grand, I'd say, not oppressively grand. So um, we stayed in the Hemingway suite, which I guess is named after Ernest Hemingway, who stayed there from time to time. It was his favourite hotel in Venice and supposedly wrote one of his books um, uh, at the Gritty Palace. Uh, But no, it wasn't, it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't kind of too ostentatious. It was, uh, it was kind of pleasant. Uh, It was like a kind of throwback to kind of, um, you know, the jet set era. Um, Even, even maybe, you know, it was like, uh, you could imagine it it hadn't had its grandeur, its glamour from the kind of 1930s and 40s had yet to fade. So it was actually very pleasant. Ah, yes, I think I stayed in, in Hemingway's favourite hotel in Positano, and the hotel was great, but Positano, what a, it's just like, you, you realise that you have, you have to, you had to be there, like, in the 1960s, or in the 50s, ideally, that, that there are swathes of Europe which are just beyond redemption, I think, that they've just been trashed by, by tourism and stuff. Venice, I think, is still all right. Actually, I mean, I, yeah. I, I was, I was expecting it to be horrible, and it's not. And I was expecting all the restaurants to be overpriced and and like selling disgusting food, and they're not. Um, I've I've eaten really yeah. well. I, yeah, I think it's that all doesn't right. surprise me. Yeah, no, I thought it was. I thought it, I, I I loved it. Um, but so can you now travel to Italy if you're unvaccinated? There was no obstacle to entering the country you didn't have to show any kind of certificate or forge any papers in order to get in no the only sign of the stupidity i've seen is that for some reason in pharmacies you you get people wearing masks and in occasionally in the supermarket you'll get a man wearing a mask and sort of 
giving you dirty looks as if he knows that you haven't had the death jab and 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 he knows that you know but 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 apart from that no it's it's as if the 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 the, the covid nonsense had had never been but you know what i i i, I just one one more thing I, I at the airport so i flew out um on sunday and sunday afternoon it, and the airport was really really quiet and you, you know when when you you, 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 when you queued in, into checking your baggage, there was just there was no queue at all, and I mentioned this to the man as I was going through into the area where where they, you know, where they screen all your luggage and stuff, and um, he said, "Oh, well, when you when when you go through the next section, you, you, there are quite long queues. Anyway, the, it, the, there was a the, the queues were longer than they should be, given given that it was a really quiet day." And then I went, went, went into the sandwich area and they, they said to me that sometimes, even on really quiet days, the, what, what is it called, where they, where they, where they screen all your, all your where, you, where you have to take your shoes and your belt off and all that rigmarole because of that, because of that Richard Re, uh, Reed, um, you know, the shoe bomber and all, the, the, all, that, all that stuff yeah. that, that the CIA made up yeah. to, to make travel more difficult. Because <laughs> um, that's what it was. I'm sure it was, it was all false flag stuff. But... I reckon that they, 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 they told me that, that passengers are being made to queue for this for up to an hour. And, and the result is that, that they don't have time to stop for sandwiches. They have to rush and catch their flight in case they miss it. So all the, right. all the outlets, all the food outlets in the, in the airport have been, been you know, grumbling like mad because nobody's, nobody's buying, buying sandwiches. And I'm thinking, this is of a piece with, with what I've been observing going on in Britain. And it's probably, I'm sure, people around the world can tell similar tell similar stories, that they are deliberately running down the system to to put people off travelling. I mean, look at look at the uh, the stop oil protesters being allowed, I think, by the establishment to block the motorway. Look at how um, have you noticed this? Or you you probably don't because you don't drive very much. But I find now that there is no when you when you when you take a, a journey in a car, there is no guarantee that you're going to get there in the normal t- t- uh, time because you get these random road closures which, which have not been announced in advance. Normally, the, back in the day, they used to be very wary of closing roads without warning people. Now they just do it at the drop of a hat, and I think that and the rail strikes are another part of this. I think they are deliberately screwing up the system in preparation for when we are all held down in our in our individual kind of zones where we're allowed to where, which are the only areas we're allowed to allowed to to stay this is preparation for this for our slave future um before responding to any of that james we should probably hear from one of our sponsors because we've, so. got, we've got we've got we've loads. got four ads um this week a, a cornucopia of sponsorships so yeah. um do you want to do you want to do you want to do the first one what about um our friends moink uh, our friends Moink, we love Moink. Um, hang on, just call it up. We love Moink. Yes, yes. If you're a regular listener to this show, you know that farmers all around the world are in the sights of big ag and big government, and we've urged you to support them. How do you do that? Well, if you are among our American listeners, you know. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb pastured pork and chicken and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, all while helping family farms become financially independent. Unlike your local supermarket with Moink, you have total control over the quality and source of your food. Customise the meat and fish selections delivered in every box, stick with family favourites or mix it up each month and cancel any time. 
This past weekend, our American producer, Evil Brian, was the family hero by serving up a breakfast around Moink's perfectly seasoned pure pork sausage, and everyone loved it. Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer who was featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted, and Brian agrees. It's no wonder Jamie Simonoff, creator of the Ring Video Doorbell, invested in Moink. They guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash London right now, and listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash London. That's moinkbox.com slash London. Okay, so um, yeah, I, you, you, one of the things you said um, uh, in the course of your it was a sort of uh, interesting combination of kind of travelogue and rant. But um, one of the things it was a rantalogue. But anyway, yeah. one of the things you said was that you 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 thought that um, it was only a matter of time before we're all locked down again um, uh, because Rishi is the WAEF's man. But yeah. um, I, I'm not sure that. Um, I'm reasonably optimistic that uh, we won't be locking down again, at least not in the near future. Um, uh, first of all, I think COVID Why infections are actually... Well, can you foresee a situation in which it would be justified? I mean, surely you can't, because it was never justified. No, no but... Um, uh, I, uh, no, of course not. Um, but um, uh, I just don't think it's very likely that... that that it's on Rishi's agenda. Um, I mean, he, he 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 claimed during the Conservative leadership election to be uh, one of the few people, if not the only person, in Boris Johnson's cabinet in 2020 um, uh, uh, petitioning Boris not to lock down. Um, uh, and, and he says the only reason, you know, he didn't go public was because of cabinet collective responsibility. I mean, it may or may not be right, but... Um, uh, I, I, I think I probably believe him, and I think you know it was cowardly of him not to get, not to resign and publicly criticise the government at the time for locking down. But I think he probably was one of the voices of reason on that subject in the cabinet, because you know, as Chancellor of the Exchequer, he could see the economic harm and how unaffordable it was to furlough everybody. Um, I also think that you know um, we could just about afford it, um, or at least um, we could we could borrow the money in order to kind of fund a lockdown um uh you know two and a half years ago we certainly can't afford to borrow any more money now it's one of the reasons Liz Truss's government fell um so um it's just unaffordable and I think things like um uh you know the the fact that um Pret-a-Manger is struggling um uh, uh in Terminal 3 at Heathrow Airport or wherever it was you flew from that's just an that, that's not deliberate that's just a unintended consequence of the tightening of security um and uh, you know the staff shortages um, amongst uh, you know airport workers. It's uh, and, and the rail strikes too. I don't think uh, that's part of a you know a, a kind of planned effort to kind of confine us to our zones. I mean, I don't think you could accuse you know the head of the RMT, who seems to be a kind of Marxist rabble rouser, intent on bringing down the government as being kind of uh, you know in league with kind of Rishi Sunak or himself a creature it's baptists um, and bootleggers tapes. they're all on the same team in the guise of being being opposing one another they're all on the same side but it's it's good to hear the normal take to to remind so so that so that our listeners can 
you know, Team James what, can boo this. Instant, instantly, I can't James, I, I Tobe still imagines that this is real. I, I did. I did have a drink with um, someone who was working in Downing Street at the time that um, the first lockdown was imposed, actually, and the the second and the third. Um, and I said to him, you know, what arguments can one produce to kind of persuade? people like my friend James that you know it's not all a conspiracy it's just normal kind of political <laughs> chaos um and uh, and he said well um he he came up with um with three arguments the first is um you know having having seen the workings of senior officials and senior politicians in Downing Street up close the idea that they could organize you know a milk rotor let alone a conspiracy of the kind you're imagining is just for the birds. They're all, you know, they can barely, you can barely put their own trousers on, let alone kind of coordinate some global conspiracy um, or act as agents of, you know, um, conspirators. He also said, um, and I thought this was quite a good argument. I know we've, we've gone, we've gone up, we've gone back and forth on that first one before, but he also said, well, you know, the Downing Street I worked in was so leaky, you know, every time someone tripped up, it, it found itself onto the front page of, you know, the Sunday Times. Um, uh, and um, uh, so the idea that there could be anything kind of secretive going on behind the scenes, that there could be any collusion between, say, Just Stop Oil and kind of senior officials is is it, it would have come out by now because, you know, no one keeps it. No one is what, capable in, of keeping what, in the mainstream media, which, which doesn't do it, doesn't report anymore. How, how would that how does that work? <laughs> like, well, I think you, you, you know, I, I, you're talking about newspapers yeah. which will not report the truth anymore. So I think that argument is well. They, is they, 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 they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have. He- I don't think they would have hesitated to report something that was likely to embarrass Boris Johnson. Um, you know, they were determined to, for the most part, the mainstream media was not very sympathetic to um, Boris um, or his government. Um, and he also said that you know, um, this is where we kind of had a kind of interesting discussion. He said he thought that locking down at the time, at least the first time in March 2020, was a kind of politically understandable thing to do because of the worries that um, Boris and his kind of uh, uh, inner cabinet had about the political consequences of um, unnecessary deaths being hung around their necks at the next general election. And they felt like they had to be seen to be doing something. Political leaders all over the world were locking down. So how could they justify not doing this, particularly if it did result in unnecessary deaths? And at the time, with limited information and given their own kind of political survival instincts, it was understandable. You don't need to invoke, you know, a conspiracy to explain something which was, you know, rational at the time. Um, and we argued about that. Um, I thought that was probably the weakest of his three arguments, but I thought the first two were pretty strong. Well, it's also disgusting, isn't it? Because the, 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 uh, governments are supposed to be to represent the interests of the people that they supposedly serve. They're not supposed to be these these laws unto themselves, which operate according to um, political expediency. I mean, the, the, the fact that, that, that somebody in Downing Street is even prepared to admit that much shows how broken the, the relationship it is between the people and, and the political class. They, the polit- political class do not give a damn anymore. And they probably never did, but they shouldn't be talking in this way. They, I mean, we, we should be marching on them with, with pitchforks and, and, and flaming torches and uh, string them well, up from lamp- lampposts, frankly, yeah, that, if that's how that, they're talking. That, that's as may be, but, um, I mean, it can't come as a surprise to you that, you know, most senior politicians 
um, uh, are motivated more by the desire for political advancement or political survival um, or winning the next general election. Yeah, but, than, but in a way, um, what, what, what do, you're doing, doing what they think is best for the country. What, what you're doing is 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 effectively admitting that that acknowledging um, the, the truth of the truth of my case, which is that we are governed by these these shadowy elites that look after their own interests and don't give a damn about the people they serve i mean so they they are prepared to do anything to save their skins to advance their whatever their their interests are I, that's that's my problem right but you can you can explain their behavior by appealing to you know that instinct um alone without having to invoke um a global conspiracy to explain why every country locked down within two weeks of each other in March 2020. I mean, it's, 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 it's with, at the time, it seemed like the politically rational thing to do if your primary aim is not to do what's in the best interest of the country, but to survive politically. Yeah, well, obviously, that, that that's not not an argument. I, buy. I mean, in, in a way, what you've gone and done is, 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 is the equivalent of asking a representative from NASA what do you what do you say to all these all these people who who say that 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 astronauts have never been to the moon because of the the Van Allen radio, radiation belt and the eyewitness testimony of the guy who was head of security uh, at the place where they filmed the fake moon landings and and all this copious evidence how do you how do you respond to somebody like that and they say well we've got this we've got this checklist of 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 handy answers for for moon landing skeptics it, it's just you, you're such an establishment creature tobes that, that that you should be siding with these people i mean one day you'll become team james but by then then you will probably be in the gulag together and it'll be too late well, uh, well i think siding with these people is a bit strong um I, I certainly disagreed with him about um, it being in the political interests of Boris and his team to. Yeah, but okay, but okay, you disagree with that. I think, one. I think ultimately it proved it proved not to be, but, but, um, and the, I don't the, think that was completely the, unforeseeable the two, at the time. The, the, the other other things he came up with 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 are just just a, a nonsense. The idea that oh, it wouldn't leak, it wouldn't leak out. Well, as as, as I as I said, the, the 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 media, the mainstream media. Which, for which unfortunately, on which unfortunately you still depend for your living, is so broken, so corrupt, so completely um, unup to the task of of taking on the arbitrary authority of of these outrageous elites that are pushing death jabs on us and stuff, that, that they wouldn't report on them because they're batting for the same team. I mean, the the idea you you were lying about them, how how the media uh, would never resist a chance to get. To, to have a go at Boris you're just just participating in that sort of sort of uh, punch and judy show fake fake news which is what which is all they specialize well, I, I in I think I think I think it's I think it's um fair to accuse the mainstream media of um holding back on reporting say vaccine injuries yeah um, well that's quite for, a, a big you know, deal no but 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 they're still but, not reporting yes, on it but 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 and and that's and 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 you know, for a variety of reasons, and we can speculate about what they are. Um, but well, why do I we don't need to? think that I don't, well, hold on, James. But I, I think that that's a reasonable argument. But I think to argue that the mainstream media wouldn't, if they discovered, say, that there was a back channel between 
echo protesters and 10 Downing Street that they wouldn't report on that. That's for the birds. Of course, they'd report on that if they if they had concrete evidence that there was such a thing. And, um, you know, you could argue that, well, it's just a very closely guarded secret. Not many people know about it, blah, blah, blah. But that is one of the shortcomings of these conspiracy theories. Almost everything that happens in Downing Street that could embarrass the government is leaked by a disgruntled politician or an official, or it leaks because someone copies the wrong person in in an email. That's what happened with Suella Braveman and why she got into difficulty. I mean, you know, um, it's a very leaky ship. Hang on a second. um, You need to make a distinction between between the, the puppets, the meat puppets in office and the deep state people who 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 do the stuff behind the scenes. That, that's the key difference. And, and uh, yeah, sure, people might leak trivial gossip about what Boris or Rishi or the, these people you call by their first names are up to, because that's part of the pantomime. But meanwhile, the evil stuff behind the scenes is conducted by, by deep state admin, uh, administrators whose names we, we often don't know. I mean, OK, OK, some of them we do, the cabinet secretary, for example. But generally, these people are, are faceless. And they're closely connected with security services and, and so on. It, it, it's the, but, the idea that, but, that, that, that we know that, is just ridiculous. But, but, the, the civil, but the civil service is hardly leak proof. I mean, even people who work for the intelligence services who've signed the Official Secrets Act and face imprisonment for leaking still leak from time to time. So, um, you know, and that's about as deep as you can go in the deep state. Um, so that's not a particularly credible response. I mean, part of your explanation for why you think there is a collusion going on between the deep state and echo protesters like don't like just up oil is that well the police are doing nothing about them but that's you know but that's partly because the police are hamstrung by um the human rights act and the risk that they won't be able to successfully prosecute anyone because the the well that, that i think charles moore wrote a good column about this in the Telegraph yeah, well, charles, Saturday, I think. charles moore hasn't done a decent bit of journalism in about i, I don't know when <laughs> oh, you know well, he's in the house of lords he's he's, he's he's establishment he's he's part of the system <laughs> So no, I don't believe anything Charles Moore writes. I mean, every time I, I, I skim one of his pieces, I'm just struck by what rubbish it is. But he, but he wasn't asking you to take the argument on faith. Um, it wasn't an argument from authority. He was pointing out that when um, the courts have tried to prosecute protesters um, Yes, but the judicial the past, system is they, broken they, they, as they, well. They, the, the, the whole system is, is completely broken and corrupt, Toby. That's the problem. The idea that the courts are these sort of these arbiters of, of justice that ship sailed long ago so i don't buy any well then, of this well then, but, then, but, then, but then that could be the explanation for why the police aren't doing more to stop just up oil protesters not that yeah, well, the is, they've been instructed instruct instructed not to do so by their kind of the head of their yeah. masonic lodge yeah, yeah anyway we're never going to agree. anyway until we, we're never going to agree about should we uh when i when i'm shown into your cell i'll say james you know what? You were right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so um, let's hear from another of our sponsors. Um, let's hear from um, another regular. Indeed. When journalists break a story, they never do it alone. It takes an incredible team. If you're looking to build a team that shapes headlines, you need a hiring partner to help you find top talent who will ask tough questions. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments and Virtual Interviews. 
hate waiting. Indeed's US data shows 80% of Indeed's employers find quality candidates whose CVs on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every pound count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Visit indeed.com slash London to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash London. Indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. So, James, um, I imagine you're you're looking on wistfully at the... um, uh, gathering in Sharm el-Sheikh and just wishing oh, you could be at COP27. I tell you what, I tell you what, <laughs> it did get excited, uh, would get me excited. There were, I think in the last year, there have been two fatal shark attacks uh, in Sharm el-Sheikh. And I'm thinking <laughs> that there must be at least one rogue shark there, one rogue man-eater. And, I mean, surely it ought to be nature's revenge against these these hypocrites flying in their in their private jets i mean didn't rishi arrive by his private jet i think to to lecture us on on whatever it's called now whether it's called climate change or global warming or or global heating the climate the climate emergency the the climate emergency yeah it's it's all it's I, i i mean it's all part of the thing I described earlier. They want to keep us confined to certain zones. It, it, the, the, if you've seen the Hunger Games, that basically is the model, that there's going to be the, the, the big city and then there are going to be these zones and we won't be able to move outside our zones and, and there'll be, there, are, there probably will be Hunger Games, I should think, where we, 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 we fight each other to the death for our district. And um, but yeah, that's the plan. They want to take away our like cars. In the meantime, they want to all all the name of this non-existent problem that they call the, the climate emergency. I hope the sharks feed. Please, sharks, <laughs> do it, do it for me. Um, uh, have you uh, one thing that seems to have come up um, at uh, COP twenty seven, which I don't think came up at COP twenty six, is the idea of reparations, which apparently is being taken seriously by the British delegation to COP27 um, uh, and Rishi has not yet ruled it out and the idea is that because Britain was the first country in the world to industrialise and because industrialisation has caused so much damage to particularly low-income countries that Britain ought to pay reparations to those low-income countries for the harm that industrialisation and its ramifications have caused them. Um, I mean it's it's, it's a sort of mind-bogglingly kind of poor argument i mean surely the benefits of industrialization outweigh any possible harms that industrialization might have caused i mean it's a kind of absurd kind of romantic kind of view of what the pre-industrial past looked like as if we weren't in pain 50 percent of the time as if you know a majority of children died in the first five years of their life you know i mean it's just ridiculous but um seems to be being taken quite seriously and i think the reason for that is the kind of um climate emergency pangendrums have figured out that constantly saying to people you have to change your evil ways or else uh, and the or else being the you know, the world is going to spontaneously combust by 2015 or 2018 or 2020. And then when the world doesn't spontaneously combust, when things don't go badly wrong, 
you know, uh, and they can claim, point to a few cyclones and floods and say, oh, look, it's happening. But, you know, um, extreme weather events um, are often one-offs and not related to climate change. Anyway, um, uh, they've realised that that's not a great argument, that people can kind of, they've sort of got a little bit inured to that argument. They're like, you know, yeah, pull the other one, Greta. Um, So instead, the argument now is, unless you mend your evil ways, you're going to, we're going to fine you. And you're going to have to start paying more and more money to this kind of uh, global fund administered by various um, UN officials who are going to, apart, apart from kind of squandering it all on prostitutes and limousines and crystal champagne. Um, nonetheless, th- this is the way to this is the way to persuade, you know, Western governments to do more, to, to reach net zero quicker and to take net zero more seriously. Find them. Don't don't threaten them with Armageddon because they know that's not going to happen. But but threat. But it just it just I I, I I couldn't believe that the UK delegation took this kind of argument seriously. That that the British taxpayer needs to start paying reparations to the people of Pakistan no. uh, because we industrialised. You know, in seventeen fifty. I mean, it's just no, unbelievably no. an unbelievably poor argument, isn't it? it uh, nobody takes this stuff seriously. It, this is these are just the uh, the surface arguments they use. Um, but what 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 it, uh, they, they've talked about this at, at every cop meeting that the idea that cl- there ought to be climate reparations and, and it's very simple it's that they need to the, the the third world countries need to know what's in it for us and and, that, and that's all that it comes down to you know if, if you want us to accede to all these these um these regulations which are going to going to make our populations restive you know it's all very well for you to decree this stuff but but our people are living on the bread line why should what relevance does climate change have to them because because obviously climate don't forget climate change is completely made up it's it's just just nonsense there is no threat to the planet from from man's selfishness and greed well certainly not in the form of global warming that's just that's just a lie it always has been a lie and if they want the third world countries to participate in the lie they have to buy them off and one of the ways they did did that that in the past for, for example with I mean, not not that China is strictly speaking third world, but but okay. So second tier economies or developing economies, whatever whatever you want to call them, you know, places like 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 India and so on, they allowed them special leeway that they didn't have to have to reduce their carbon emissions quite so stringently and until until their their economies had advanced. So that was that was the clause that got them out at the Paris Agreement. But now they're having to to bribe countries like I don't know the Maldives and the Maldives loves being the poster child of, of global warming even though it, it seems to have built a something like 15 new airports which is which is not sort of thing you do if, if your islands were, were sinking because of the um, because of the rising oceans or whatever um, it, it's, it's just a scam Tobes it's, just a, it's a complete scam but one should never listen to the to the lies they come up with and, and, and that get get uh, glibly regurgitated in, in, in the mainstream meme okay. press but I got I got one question for you, James. Something which just occurred to me, which is, I think um, you said earlier in this podcast, and you've certainly said on um, other podcasts we've done together, um, that you think that, um, that 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 the kind of evil masters of the universe who are controlling our fate are planning to nuke us all. That they're pushing for a, for a, for a, for a nuclear war yeah. um, with Ukraine being the flashpoint. But if if their plan is to kind of um, you know. Um, 
destroy us all in a nuclear war um, in the next 12 months. Why are they why are they pouring all this energy and effort into trying to curb people's, oh. you know, um, carbon emissions? Because that's more of a long term project. Isn't it? Well, no, 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 we can forget about global warming now because we're going to we're going to detonate these nuclear bombs next week. Uh, it's it, it's called belt and braces. You, you, you plan for all eventualities so, so that you can you can take whichever option suits you at any given time. Uh, they're certainly not not doing anything that's likely to make any difference to the, the planet's temperatures. We know that we've we've seen that 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 all all the measures so far they've implemented are going to um, theoretically reduce the world's temperatures by you know, a fraction of a degree by the end of the century. So the, it, it's not about that. It's 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 purely about control. It's about about saying things like you must have a. Um, you, you must have an electric car or, 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 or no car by, by 2030 and you must have a heat pump which makes you shiver in the winter and so, you, have, you can only have lukewarm but that, but that, but in your view that, 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 that the attempt to control us by persuading us to change our behavior because otherwise the planet will catch fire that's plan b but plan a is to detonate these nuclear weapons and actually set the world on fire themselves um, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure. Let's not forget that that, that a bit like any other um, uh, political body, the, um, the the people in charge, the people who, the people who really rule the world, have have rivalries and, and and different ideas of how things should be done. So yeah, I'm sure there's a kind of yeah, let's 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 bring on our Armageddon with uh, with our unnecessary war with Russia over Ukraine and. The, the ones who are more obsessed with going through the climate scam route and and so on and on it goes but it's all yeah it's all coordinated by the same psychopathic elite okay. um let's hear um uh, another um let's hear from another of our sponsors i think it's your turn this time james it let's is. hear from um yeah our our, our 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 favorite vpn provider. yeah every week you listen to tobes and me talk about the great and not so great things we watch on tv in culture corner if you're trying to keep up with our suggestions without using ExpressVPN, well, it's like paying for a gym membership, but only being able to use the treadmill. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost a hundred different server locations so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. This works with many other streaming services too, BBC iPlayer, YouTube and more. Why choose ExpressVPN over other VPNs? Blazing fast speeds, stream in HD with zero buffering, compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs and more. ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting your data so you can browse the web securely. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash London. Don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash London to get an extra three, month, three months of ExpressVPN for free. So, James, um, I want to pick you up on something else you said earlier. You said that um, you thought it was pointless delaying um, London calling this week until after 
the midterms because yes. um, the midterms will make very little impact. Um, so we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, become preoccupied with them. But um, surely, um, and, and I think one of the arguments you made was that um, you know um, uh, if 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 uh, it won't make much impact on say the forthcoming presidential election in two years because um, you know the deep state can just rig the result. Um, but um, uh, aren't, aren't some of the candidates standing in the midterms the very people who will be overseeing the integrity of the next presidential election? And most of them, or at least many of them, and many of them expected to do well tomorrow, are, um, you know, um, are, are, are Trumpers, um, uh, Trumpists, Trumpers, Trumpists, um, who, who, who are standing on a platform of elect me and I'll make sure the election won't be stolen next time round because I'll be overseeing it. So um, presumably that, that won't that give you oh, some look, comfort? Oh, I mean, sure. and it could it could I mean, even even on your own terms could make an impact. Um, and it, I mean, the obvious impact it will make is that uh, apart from, um, you know, frustrating Biden and making it impossible to get any legislation through either house because they'll both be controlled by the Republicans, assuming the polls are accurate. But in addition, um, uh, Trump will declare, I imagine, in the immediate aftermath of the midterms um, and say, look, the American people have sent a signal. They've rejected Joe Biden. They want me back. I'm going to run in 2024. Um, and if he does, he could well win. Oh, look, if when the results come through and and when it when it looks like both houses have been won by Republican majorities, I will not be able to stop myself being pleased because there's enough of, of the old normie within me that still sort of thinks that politics can make a difference. Yeah, obviously. But that said, you look at what Republican Republican candidates do when they when they um, enter office, and it's it's pretty much the same thing as Democrats do. They're 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 all part of the same corrupt system. They're all they're all bought and paid for. I'm sure there are some one or two candidates of integrity, but most of them are just just creatures of of the system. They're not they're not uh, they they no more represent American voters than British politicians re- represent British voters. They're all just out for what they can get. They're all they're all corrupted. So no. I can't get too excited about it. No, I think it could be quite politically significant, and um, I think I think one I mean, without wanting to entirely prejudge what's going to happen, um, I think um, uh, it will clearly, assuming there is a, a kind of red wave sweeps all these Democrats out of office. I think I think we we'll, I think after that we can we can comfortably say that the embrace by Biden and his administration and the Democratic Party more generally of hard left woke identity politics has been an electoral disaster for the Democrats. Um, You know, I think a lot of people assumed that when Biden won the presidential election that he would tack to the centre and try and win over a lot of the centrists who Who voted for him. Well, some people did, you know, he wasn't entirely captured in that. Well, anyway, else, um, he's, he, he certainly hasn't. He certainly hasn't done that. If anything, he's tacked to the left. And I think uh, on on issues like crime, education, immigration, that's what's going to do for him. You know, that's why you know Democratic candidates are going to be rejected across the country, with one or two exceptions. Anyway, I, I'm quite excited, um, but uh, uh, we can talk about them next week. Um, so, um, uh, any other issues oh, yeah. before we have our I final? To talk about yeah, Aaron Carter. 
who you hadn't oh, heard yes. of and I hadn't heard of, but actually I've, I've watched the video since. So Aaron Carter it was the, the brother. He, he himself was a, was a sort of bad boy um, pop musician, very good looking, I, I, I see, with, with weird tattoos over his face, but a nice, nice looking chap. Um, his brother was in Backstreet Boys. But the interesting part of the story is he's just dropped dead, age 34. Now, and it wasn't, it wasn't a drug overdose or any of those traditional rock and roll methods. It was, well, I mean, we can be pretty sure what it was because he actually made a video um, in the last, I think, year. Apparently his family was, was really quite anti-getting the death jab. Uh, but his fiancée, who was pregnant, I mean, this shows how thick, sadly, tragically um, thick pop stars are. Uh, he said that he understood that that, that that pregnant women especially especially vulnerable to COVID and especially need the vaccine and, and his fiance had insisted that that um, she was going to take the, uh, the the jab and and he was going to take the Pfizer in solidarity or whatever and he said you know it's it, it, people think that that, that that I make the decisions but actually it's my it's my girlfriend and I thought it, it, it's it's really sad seeing videos like this the, these people who've who've taken this experimental medical procedure and they're just dropping dead when they you no one no one deserves to die at, at, at 34 do you know that more um americans um have died now of vaccine injuries from the from the death jab than than were killed in the, in the vietnam war and i think i think i'm right in in thinking that 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 figure isn't isn't for all ages i'm that's talking about sort of americans of of fighting age so generationally the covid jab has has now killed more americans than the nam which i think is pretty shocking and are you going to read that in the mainstream media i don't think so it's interesting the mainstream media um uh are writing uh, more and more about the unusually elevated levels of excess deaths um but but they're scrupulously avoiding even discussing the possibility that it could be um uh, that, that that vaccine harms could be a contributory factor um uh it's 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 the 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 way it's discussed here usually is well it's it, it's it's because of waiting lists at the nhs <laughs> yes that's a right. lot of uh, cancer screenings were postponed and um because of uh, the ambulance arrival times um meaning that people die before the ambulance can get to them or die in the hospital in the ambulance on their way to the hospital in the ambulance but um yeah no it is it is striking <laughs> the kind of uh, la- la- the, the 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 kind of gap in those stories the obviously the 600 pound gorilla that isn't even being discussed that has been carefully kind of uh, a veil has been carefully drawn over what what at least should be discussed as a possible cause. Anyway. So, so this is the thing, Tobes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, as, as you know, although I don't read the newspapers, occasionally my eyes sort of pass over the the copies of the newspaper that that my wife and and, and son insist on on reading. And I was skimming over the the Mail on Sundays. I think it was um, health coverage this weekend, and, and it was something like you know. Uh, uh, marijuana causes is is as bad for you as smoking, and and this this can kill you, and that can kill you. And I was thinking, hang on a second, you're writing about all these things that 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 might possibly do you harm, um, but you've completely ignored the elephant in the room. You're not talking about the thing causing more harm to people than anything else right now. You're just completely you know, ignoring that, it. Yeah, their their obsession. 
with 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 keeping people safe protecting people from harm has persuaded them that it would be irresponsible to speculate about the role of the vaccines in this unusually elevated number of excess deaths because that might discourage people from taking their fourth jab or whatever it might be well i think think it's the bribe money isn't it because they they they, i think that no i think they i think i think to give them the benefit of the doubt which i know you don't do i think they genuinely believe that the vaccines do more good than harm they don't they're journalists anything about vaccine harms would be irresponsible no, they. I think no. they. I think they. I think, and also that. I think Ipso. I think is quite um, uh, hot. Um, much more likely to take complaints uh, seriously um, uh, if 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 their complaints about newspapers speculating about the um, dangers of the vaccine than than speculating about other dangers. Um, uh, I know that from you know um, uh, from from and Ofcom too. You know, I think Ofcom and Ipso kind of play a role. Um, is but your again, I column? Think because is your is your is, is lockdown skeptics subject to it uh, sort the daily, the daily skeptic is, is that daily. subject to ipso or not no it's not it's not um we 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 encourage people um who uh, think we've got something wrong to complain to us and then and we take those complaints seriously and if something <laughs> well we tell them why they're wrong usually um but if if uh, and and often you know a lot of the stuff in the daily skeptic is fact checked you know, by professional fact-checking bodies or by fact-checking arms of, you know, news publishing companies like Reuters. Um, and we, where, what we what we try and do is we try and publish a link to the fact-check beneath the article and then we, we respond to the fact-check and we publish a link to that too. Um, so, but no, we're not regulated by, by, by Ipso. Yes. Um, I mean, after the, after the, well, after the online safety bill, um, is is it becomes law? Um, one of, one of the provisos in the bill is that um, reputable news publishing um, uh, outfits, whether online or not, um, uh, will be entitled to additional protections. Um, uh, so it'll be you know it'll be harder uh, for social media companies to remove. Um, content which links back to reputable news publishing sites, but then the, obviously a lot hangs on that word reputable. I mean, that's, and and and, um, and and at the moment, Ofcom are saying they're not going to maintain a list of those news publishers who are entitled to this additional journalistic content protection. Um, but I can imagine a list being quite quickly assembled. And one of the provisos of being on the list, I imagine when it is assembled, will be that you're regulated, probably probably by Impress rather than Ipso, which is the state regulator, which the, you know, the uh, hacked off tried to um, impose on uh, the entire UK media about five years ago and failed. But that could come back in, I think, as a result of the online... Sounds bill, well dodgy. We would have another ad, ad or before, before Let's have another corner. ad and let's go to Culture Corner. Yeah, OK. So Thor has sent in a note, but I won't do an impression. I'll just quote from it. Oh, please so do an impression. Imagine this in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an attractive, sexy Scottish Oh, go on, Tobes, do it. Go on. So, no, <laughs> I've met so many positive people since Toby first introduced me to you, my fellow London callers. OK, that, that's all I'll do. Um, I've had encouraging one-to-one catch-up coffees with more than a 100 London callers, city financial people, packing Bitcoin through to compound bowmen of the woods with remarkable survival skills. Some decided to invest in my services, hiring me as NXD, ghost non-exec or executive coach. Some had such a positive experience, they've been referring me new projects. Thank you, your fine wine is in the post. 
And now, following your feedback, our Coffee Club Mastermind went live on Monday, the 31st of October, with guest speaker, your fellow London caller, Jonathan Tate, MD at Symmetry Corporate Finance. Jonathan over-delivered with his M&A mindset talk, followed by a strong group engagement in the Q&A. Our next Callers Coffee Club is Monday the 14th of November, so get in touch because our Coffee Club focus remains what we can still do to not just survive, but to deliver on business missions and create opportunity during these dark days ahead. I mentioned callers ranging from bow-toting preppers to city moneymakers, but truly those awake to what's going on are increasingly coming together and getting themselves FSU membership. If you're not yet a member, go to freespeechunion.org. Thank me later. And is it just me or have you also noticed mummy and daddy are quarrelling less recently? Can't be 100% sure, but what I am sure of is that the days of isolation as free thinkers in business are behind us. To hear more about the Callers Coffee Club, connect with Thor on linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thorholt, T-H-O-R-H-O-L-T, or tele- contact him on Telegram at at Thor underscore Holt. The next meeting is Monday the 14th of November, and perhaps we might convince, he says at the end, James or Toby to make a guest appearance. Well, there's uh, no telling what we might do for a bit of backsheesh, um, uh, Thor. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so James, um, I did tune in to I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here uh, yesterday night, um, hoping to see our distinguished ex-health secretary, Matt Hancock, um, being forced to eat um, kangaroo balls. Um, but really annoyingly, he wasn't on it. I felt completely swindled. Um, I sat there for what felt like, several hours but i think it was just 90 minutes of absolute un unexpurgated dreck um uh expecting to at least get a glimpse of um you know hancock in his orange jumpsuit kind of having to you know do something just a little bit humiliating and he wasn't even on it there was some some pathetic excuse about how a couple of the jungle contestants this year have been delayed on their way to the jungle um but uh, that was deeply disappointing well anyway, maybe what, what they're what, doing what you see this week I, I, I just a theory but maybe they're waiting for the other inmates to bond so that when wankok arrives they're just they they sort of um they pick on him because he's like a like a, a new boy and he's not part of the team. I, I'm hoping that's the reason. But anyway. Yeah, well, maybe that's hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I carried on watching that thing that I recommended. Um, the the Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. Which is... Right. Which is really violent. And, and I know at least one person's sort of taken me for task for re- recommending something about sort of ultraviolence and, and, you know, witches and, you know, dark forces and stuff. But the thing is, it's... It, I mean, if you accept that, you know, if you're going to watch TV at all, you need need to accept that it's that it is it is it is it is going in this direction. And of its genre, this is it's really it's really well acted and really well done. And the baddies are really bad, and it's it's funny. And I, I'm I'm a real fan of of Joe Barton, the guy who wrote it. So still, it remains right. my okay. recommend. That sounds good. Well, I I would I would recommend, but with some qualifications, SAS Rogue Heroes. I've now seen five of the six episodes, um, and because it's available on BBC iPlayer, this is the um, uh, six-part BBC drama about the origins of the SAS in the Second World War. And how many are gay and black? Um, uh, 
none, none of the actual principles um, oh, right. in the SAS are black, but they have right. just introduced some French paratroopers, and actually one of them is black. Um, but yeah. uh, I don't think that's completely um, implausible. Pro- now, what I think is more implausible, at, at the beginning of the show, they do say, James, there's this sort of rider, this caveat saying, you know, um, most of the things in what you're about to see, which seem the most implausible actually happen most of them um and uh, and i'm thinking yeah I, I wonder if that applies to um depicting paddy main as a homosexual and uh, i think that is one of the uh, implausible things which wasn't actually true but uh, who knows maybe one of our listeners who knows more about the origins of the sas than me can correct me on that score um but um anyway it, it is pretty i mean in spite of its shortcomings in spite of the shoehorning in of trans characters and gay characters um and um you know a, a bit of colorblind casting but not so it uh, i don't think it would i didn't i think even you would be able to cope it's very light touch um but um uh, i think uh, i think it's pretty good um it's it's quite entertaining and you know you can't it's, you know you can't get away from the fact that it is essentially a story about a group of you know rough men um uh some of them you know upper class scots um uh who formed this kind of group of kind of ne'er-do-well rogue soldiers who did actually pretty well and created a kind of unit in the british army which has been one of the most successful units in the british army and a model for special forces across the world so you know you can't get away from this celebration of kind of masculine daring do you know which is the kind of kernel of the story however much you try and dress it up with kind of wokery pokery so i would recommend it i think it's pretty entertaining fine um what else? Uh, anything else of interest, James? Uh, I haven't. I, I've been meaning to watch episode two of season one, Gangs of London, because I thought episode one was pretty good, um, but haven't yet got around to that. Um, and oh, I guess I've got. A, I've got. A, I've got a, a, an episode of um, The Old Man waiting for me. Uh, oh to catch I, yes, up I've given. Um, I, I mean, I, I haven't given up on it, but I've just. I just stopped watching it because I got other things to review and. Um... Yeah, it's 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 quite hard to remember, isn't it? When that when I mean, it's back 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 in our youth, we used to watch everything on a weekly basis. I remember even you know when The Sopranos was broadcast, kind of Sunday night was the night. This was in New York. You were I, I would never agree to go anywhere on Sunday night. Not that I was deluged with invitations, because that was the night that the new episode of The Sopranos was being broadcast. And so I just wanted to make sure I'd stay and get a Chinese takeaway, crack open a bottle of red, and and make sure I watched it as it was being broadcast and i didn't forget to do that you know the following sunday but now because we're so used to you know box sets being kind of downloaded in their entirety on netflix or amazon prime or even bbc iplayer um it's quite hard to kind of maintain the kind of schedule of appointment television isn't it yeah yeah it is um um well Anyway, so uh, what what about books, James? What about books? I've I've just I finished um, my Trollope book, um, Doctor Thorne, and I've and I and I've, I was about to embark upon Barry Lyndon on your recommendation, um, but I've given myself um, a bit of a break in between, you know, literary classics, and so I'm I'm catching up with um, I'm, have, I'm 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 listening to one of the many sharp novels and my god it's entertaining i just i think you got you got to give yourself a break you can't overdo it it's a bit like having you know too many big macs but you know after after a couple of quite nutritious meals with lots of veg it's quite nice to go back to a big mac so i'm enjoying you, my big mac at the moment did you see his spectator diary by the way bernard cornwell oh no he did no. A, he did a diary and I, I just don't know he came 
he came across a bit like jabbed and a bit climate changey. I was slightly disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. God, that is disappointing. I know. <laughs> I'll have to look at that. Was that last week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay. I just just thought. Mm, check that out. Yeah. Anyway, I'm 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 I've just started re- I've just started reading Irwin Shaw's Rich Man Poor Man. He 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 he's a sort of proto airport bestseller writer. Um, I mean, almost before yeah, people but didn't, went I to thought, airports. I thought you were I thought you were reading that like no a few, few like a few no, weeks ago. You mentioned no, that. The, the Young Lions. I I, I haven't read. Okay, the, the Young no, Lions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Despite not being set in war, Rich Man Poor Man is another. I can I can tell already. It's setting up to be a ripping yarn. He's a good writer. Really good. Yeah, I, I remember watching the TV series and really enjoying it in, as a teenager um, of Richmond Paul. Oh. Anyway, well, good. Okay, James, we probably we probably entertained our listeners long enough, and um, yes, I've got uh, again until next week. Look, yeah, well, enjoy yourself. Sounds like you're having a wonderful time. I'm going to Hungary for a weekend break with my wife next oh, weekend, so I'll nice. have something to report on Monday. What Budapest? Budapest, yeah. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you is it a speaker event as well? Are you? Have you been invited? Yeah, I'm giving. I'm giving a couple of speeches. I to, thought. Uh, cover I, thought, my I talk, knew you would so. be. I knew you would be. Yeah. Yeah. With the with with the John O'Sullivan thing. With the John O'Sullivan of Daniel course. Institute. That's right. Yeah. That's I'm doing one there and one to some somewhere else anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna visit one of the apparently three Roger Scruton cafes slash restaurants in Budapest. Um, so yeah, apparently he's well honoured. There's a, isn't there a Roger Scruton Boulevard or something over there. Anyway, so looking forward to that. I'll get a photo of myself standing in front of the road sign. Excellent. Well, good. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll see you. I'll speak next week. Yeah. Okay, James. Ciao. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This is London calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.